Welcome to As That Robot Voice Says, the Nature Crit Podcast, and thank you for boldly listening. What are we even talking about? Well, this podcast series is my take on naturopathic medicine, an area I've been studying for about 20 years, including my time in so-called scientific non-sectarian naturopathic medical school. My approach is a pairing of scientific skepticism and a deep knowledge of naturopathy's intimate details. In previous episodes of this series, I established that naturopathy is, essentially, a kind of knowledge blending, misrepresentation, and irrationality. I have termed naturopathy both an epistemic conflation, falsely posing itself as an epistemic delineation, and the naturopathological. The science exterior is mixed with what is scientific, then that whole muddle is absurdly claimed to be science as an entire category, while particular sectarian, science-ejected oath obligations and requirements are coded or camouflaged, therein effectively disguising naturopathy's system of beliefs in public view. Naturopathy's ultimate achievement is a profound erosion of scientific integrity and freedom of belief packaged in the marketing veneers natural, holistic, integrative, and alternative, and improperly embedded in the academic category Science. Episode Synopsis In this two-part, part three of episode 12, also known as season two, episode two, I'm going to look in detail at what I'll call naturopathy's pseudo-rules. Part one will be broken into two halves because it has gotten rather long. In the first half, which I'll term episode 12 C1.1, I'll cover a 2012 AANP National Naturopathy Annual Conference presentation titled, quote, Thinking Ethically, the Evolution of a Naturopathic Code of Ethics and the Physician-Patient Relationship, and an Interactive Discussion about Right and Wrong, unquote, by Andy Traub that I've purchased. In the second half, which I'll term episode 12, C1.2, I'll cover the AANP's 2012 Code of Ethics, which is freely available, that that presentation concerns, and I'll look at NDs in Hawaii, whom I think violate their own ND licensure law, which contains that code and a standard of care. 
in part two of this episode 12, part three, which I'll term episode 12C2, I'll cover a 2015 AANP webinar on the AANP's Vimeo account titled, quote, Guidance for Naturopathic Practice and ND Core Competencies, unquote, which features ND Brinkman and the AANP's, quote, Government and Public Affairs Director, unquote, Mike Jarr, which is up for free. And I'll also cover the two documents that that video presentation concerns, the AANMC's Clinical Competencies Begun in 2014, and the AANP's Guidance for Naturopathic Practice and Care from 2015. The code, guidance, and competencies documents all together for this episode 12, part 3, I think will provide a reasonable representation of what U.S. naturopathy thinks about ethics, rules, and requirements. Let me emphasize here the prefix pseudo. Correction. First, I need to clarify this episode's part's contents. I'd said at the very start of this episode 12, quote, In part 3, I'll explore naturopathy's lack of ethical strictures because, you may be surprised to find out, no such similar formalized mandatory broad ethical code applies to naturopaths. In other words, very little by way of behavior bothers naturopathy. I'll also look at what U.S. naturopathy has begun quite recently in 2015 in terms of an ethical code which is quite optional, quite sparse, and therein quite a joke for an area that terms itself primary care, unquote. I tangled and truncated things there, a bit, unintentionally. This comes about because I'm publishing this episode as I complete each part, and details emerge and clarifications become necessary. For the Code of Ethics of the AANP, I had misspoken the year as 2015 when it actually was ratified in 2012. 2015 is actually the year the AANMC and AANP made the video, quote, Guidance for Naturopathic Practice and ND Core Competencies, unquote, which is, as I said in the synopsis, quote, a combination of the AANMC clinical competencies begun in 2014 and the AANP's Guidance for Naturopathic Practice and Care begun in 2015, unquote. We'll be looking at all three documents, and all are optional, except, as we'll see, in certain geopolitical circumstances. Main text. Before I get into naturopathic pseudo-rules, I'm going to briefly add on, here to part three, something directly related to part two of this episode 12, One More Connecticut Medical Society. I haven't mentioned or looked at the New Haven County Medical Association at nhcma.org. The New Haven County Medical Association. There's a good reason to look at another medical society in Connecticut. New Haven County is the Connecticut County that contains prestigious Yale University School of Medicine. And Yale.edu promotes naturopathy within their medical group while there is a medical society for New Haven County. I had briefly mentioned Yale's naturopathy boosterism in the second half of part one of this episode 12 when I was discussing NEASC. Here are some more details. Medicine.yale.edu is the, quote, Yale Medical Group, unquote, web address. Yale Medical Group actually supports and promotes naturopathy so much so that Yale Medical Group employs a naturopath who practices for them, Andy Ali, who is a Bastier ND graduate. 
and simultaneous to this, Yale Medical Group continues to promote naturopathy's science-ejected vitalism basis explicitly to this day, while Yale.edu continues to promote naturopathy's nonsense therapies like homeopathy, a.k.a. Yale is up to its nostrils in the naturopathological. What a juxtaposition, Yale and naturopathy. Prestigious sectarian nonsense. Because, as I've pointed out time and time again, Yale's ND's credential as Bastier's knowledge model is that anything is science. As natural health science subset the hugely science exterior, if such credentials get one a prestigious Ivy League.edu position, then we truly are living in bizarro world. And, in the name of transparency, I must remind listeners that I accidentally went to Yale Medical School for a course for one semester when, at UB's Naturopathy College, our fall 1999, quote, public health and epidemiology, unquote, course, mainly happened at Yale Medical School on Yale's New Haven campus. It was taught by Yale instructors. It wasn't impressive, and therein it reminded me of my graduate school courses at New York University. Expensive, prestigious mediocrity. Now, for years I've thought about the conflict between naturopathy's inherent bogosity and its effects on society and the obligations of public health and medicine. The Centers for Disease Control actually has the page, quote, public health ethics, unquote, which is linked to from their, quote, scientific integrity unquote page. Interesting. Since naturopathy is an unethical, sectarian pseudoscience that preys on the consumer in so many ways, for its own benefit, clinically, academically, commercially, while public health is obligated to our collective wellness and scientific and ethical integrity, this conflict is hopefully going to be detailed in a Naturocrit podcast episode one day, Narrow versus Broad Interest, Science versus Pseudoscience, Ethical versus perversity. So, with naturopathy at Yale as medicine subset naturopathy, of course, in the sense of medical doctor behavioral stringencies, I'm curious as to what the New Haven County Medical Association publishes online in terms of ethical language. I'm writing this script, actually, within New Haven County, coincidentally, at the IKEA of New Haven, and minutes away is that Yale Medical Group naturopathy practice. Unlike the Fairfield County Medical Association, the term sectarian does not show up with an NHCMA.org site search, but the AMA Code of Ethics does. In quote, about NHCMA, unquote, we're told, quote, the name of this organization is the New Haven County Medical Association, Incorporated. The purposes of the association shall be to bring together into one organization the physicians of New Haven County to increase their scientific knowledge and to make relevant information available to patients and colleagues to support the highest ethical and clinical standards of professional practice in medicine. The principles of medical ethics of the American Medical Association will govern the conduct of members and their relations with one another and with the public. Violations may lead to suspension or expulsion by the New Haven County Medical Association, unquote. So that was Scientific Knowledge, Highest Ethical and Clinical Standards of Professional Practice in Medicine, the AMA Code of Ethics, and Sanctions. And the AMA Code is listed in detail as I've covered previously.
And so this collision arises between Yale Medical Group subset naturopathy in light of medicine's preponderant overarching ethics. We've got abject junk thought, the essentially naturopathic being espoused publicly as if it is true by medicine, as obviously Yale polishes that turd. How is such an activity, to use the language of the AMA code from that NHCMA about page, for the benefit of the patient, a responsibility to the patient first and foremost, a regard for responsibility to the patient as paramount, not contrary to the best interests of the patient, honorable behavior and honest, competent and of compassion and respect for human dignity and rights, of professionalism, not of deficient in character or competence and engaging in fraud or deception, of continue to study, apply, and advance scientific knowledge, of maintain a commitment to medical education, make relevant information available to patients, colleagues, and the public, of improvement of the community and the betterment of public health, and specifically from the chapter's language to increase their scientific knowledge. By not pointing out that naturopathy is essentially pseudoscience, Yale Medical Group and Yale.edu are actually degrading medicine's standards, degrading medicine's integrity, degrading medicine's reputation. Now, let's just reinforce that naturopathy presence at YaleUniversities.edu. Yale.edu tells us that Andy Ali is a 2003 Bastyr ND graduate working in pediatrics. Yeah, because that's where we want of-nonsense Bastyr credentials to practice. What are the ethics of allowing parents to expose their children to naturopathic nonsense? In, quote, patient care, unquote, Yale.edu tells us, quote, The clinic is directed by Ather Ali, N.D., M.P.H., M.H.S. Yale Adult and Pediatric Integrative Medicine is a practice of the Yale Medical Group, and is located at 1 Long Wharf Drive, 5th floor in New Haven, Connecticut. Clinical services include integrative medicine evaluations, naturopathic medicine, evaluation of dietary supplements, nutritional counseling, exercise, fitness, weight loss, and expert guidance regarding complementary and alternative therapies for a variety of conditions, unquote. The basis of NDLE's expertise is, of course his N.D. Bogosity. And here's the prize overarching all this. The Yale Medical Group page at medicine.yale.edu, quote, naturopathy, unquote, states, quote, naturopathic therapies are naturally oriented therapies and may include homeopathy. Naturopathy's main goal is to use the natural healing power of the body to fight disease, also known as the vis or life force. Naturopathic medicine is a lot like conventional medicine, unquote. Really? Medicine subset homeopathy bogosity, vitalism bogosity? That doesn't sound a lot like medicine to me with its commitments to scientific integrity. I see huge ethical conflict therein, truly a collision in so many ways. And such violent collisions are part of the joy of writing about naturopathy. I like the idea of a demolition derby of ideas. It fulfills my dream of philosophizing with a hammer, aka critical thinking. Now here's a little glimpse of abject contradiction hypocrisy in terms of naturopathy, science, medicine, and and Yale, climatecommunication.yale.edu, which is the, quote, Yale Program on Climate
climate change communication, unquote, has the In the News page up online titled, quote, Cruises Pseudoscientific Climate Claims, unquote. Ah, pseudoscience. It is dated February 1st, 2016, and links to a fact check dot org page of the same title by Vanessa Chapani. You mean we can factually check claims? Like homeopathy and vitalism? She writes, quote, While on the campaign trail in New Hampshire, Republican presidential candidate Ted Cruz gave a speech to local residents that contained inaccurate and misleading claims about climate science and its terminology. Can natural phenomena explain all of today's climate changes? Scientists have found strong evidence that suggests anthropogenic causes, like the burning of fossil fuels, contribute to changes in our climate in addition to natural causes, unquote. Hypocrisy alert! Why is naturopathy's bogosity such a holy cow? At Yale.edu, not fact-checked, but other claims are critically examined. So claims need strong evidence. One side of Yale.edu's mouth supports, while the other side says, Come use our accredited, unethical, sectarian pseudoscience, naturopathy, pediatrics. Bizarro. So I just covered that New Haven County stuff to round out the medical societies that I've covered so far. Later in this episode part, I'll briefly cover the Connecticut ND's society in terms of ethics. Naturopathic pseudo-rules. Now, I'd started off this episode part half stating that I'd said way back at the onset of this episode 12, quote, in part three, I'll explore naturopathy's lack of ethical strictures because, you may be surprised to find out, no such similar formalized mandatory broad ethical code applies to naturopaths. In other words, very little by way of behavior bothers naturopathy, unquote. That was a bit of a necessary oversimplification at the time. If and where there are rules, they are not imposed. This is very similar to naturopathy's claim that it is categorically science as a set of behavioral rules of activity, though naturopathy is not fundamentally behaving within those boundaries. A reminder, science itself is an activity because it is a methodology. Science is not just words written down, and then all of a sudden they become magically true, scientifically speaking, and naturopaths claim a pile of science upon things that don't survive that epistemic filter. Now here's a little oddity. When I was a child, I wanted to be a science fiction writer. Little did I know I'd be writing about fictitious science instead. Naturopaths say science, but they don't do science. Naturopaths do propaganda. Science is a set of rules that naturopathy doesn't abide, while naturopaths are fine in benefiting from the camouflaging label. So therein, rules are claimed that are not imposed, and naturopaths are fine with that ruse. The pseudoscience ruse, aka required fraudulence, will not get you sanctioned by your naturopath peers. What are they going to do? Sanction their national organizations for doing that? Their state organizations for doing that? Their specialty organizations for doing that? Their individual naturopaths who are merely doing what the institutions trained them to do for doing that? 
For example, I covered N.D. Sheikman in Part 2 of Part 2, and there's what I just covered at Yale with N.D. Ali. Both NDs are in perfect standing with their peers as doing it right, naturopathically speaking. Less simply stated, I can say naturopathy exists in layers. It is therein not transparent, not what it seems on its surface. There's a surface facade, and there's the deep reality. Boundaries and rules are postured to manipulate others for the benefit of naturopathy, to promote its agenda, but then ignored in terms of what's actually naturopathy on a day-to-day basis. And in that sense, naturopathy lacks ethical, aka behavioral strictures, as a mandatory broad ethical code, including a commitment to scientific integrity, as is so evident by how naturopathy allows piles upon piles of mistruthful claims and actions, and disguises so much. And so I'll spend time in this part three of this episode looking at the phenomenon, much like how naturopathy says illogically. It is a distinct system that blends. Here we have ethical codes and guidelines that are merely suggested, aka pseudo-rules. Pseudo-rules number one, an AANP ethics code by way of an AANP conference. Andy Traub's 2012, quote, thinking ethically, unquote, conference presentation. The conference presentation, quote, thinking ethically, unquote, by N.D. Traub, will get us to the AANP's code of ethics he'd announced within that presentation as having been just ratified. It's not a great presentation, or even a halfway good presentation, so I won't spend too much time on it. Yes, 2012's, quote, thinking ethically, unquote, is, as you may guess, about nature paths trying to think ethically, perhaps for the first time. But the biggest question may be thinking ethically on top of what? In other words, have the naturopaths gone far enough into their foundational assumptions and bad habits and weeded out their abundant sectarian nonsenses and reversals of values so they can establish an objective base of rationality, goodness, and truthfulness? Otherwise, in the sense of contamination, naturopathy ends up structured as illogically nonsense and unethicality, subset ethicality, aka swamp castle, a good structure built upon bad mire, with their sectarian obligations and proclivities, the mud with the castle attempts to perfume up the mud and elevate. We'll see if naturopathy can rise while in a base of mucky muddle. I purchased the presentation online from PlaybackAANP.com, an AANP retail and fundraising portal. Choice-wise, there was a couple of formats for purchase. I got the MP4 video, which includes Andy Traub's slides, accompanying his audio narrative, though you do not see the speaker, or any people for that matter, just the slides. Let me emphasize that the year is 2012, and the slides basically correspond with the newly ratified 2012 AANP Code of Ethics. That's quite late to the game, I think, for a U.S. naturopathy code of ethics to be contemplated and implemented. Lots of bad habits had been by then 
institutionally imbued, tattooed into naturopathy's identity, and what was called an ethical code before then is admitted as unuseful in the presentation because it was merely repetition of naturopathy's philosophical principles, not behavioral strictures. And I'll add, for a diverse group that tends to have anti-authority contrarian reflexes and freewheeling independence, this presentation is also a pitch towards conformity of a kind. The 90-minute lecture's description at its playback AANP.com retail page states, quote, Why does the naturopathic profession need a code of ethics? We will address this question, unquote. I don't know. Why does a car need an engine or a motor? Why does the solar system need the sun? You mean for all the NDs attending this national ND conference and listening to the presentation by Traub as a cumulative group from their four years in naturopathy school and then in all that practice time afterwards, they never contemplated ethics seriously since their resurgence in the early 1980s? This was an ice-breaking question for naturopathy and not a requirement in 2012? By 2012? What? I take the lecture as Andy Traub pitching this idea, a new superimposition on naturopath's activities called rules, regulations, and ethics is necessary now. Lawmakers take note. An overarching code of ethics was a newly broached topic at the time, while naturopathy posed as a supposed profession of primary care for decades previous to 2012. What were lawmakers thinking? What else don't the naturopaths have that lawmakers think they have that lawmakers merely assume naturopaths have as they support naturopaths' licensing ruses? Because lawmakers never really look deeply. They are usually selected to support a bill because they are already fans. Overall, the presentation sounds to me like a reluctant broaching. AKA, sure, it was great when we had no rules. Rules, but by the way, we should be good, and these are the boundaries you must conform to, though previous to all this, you could do whatever you wanted to do because we had no rules, since we hate rigorous distinction, analysis, and delineation. The description goes on, quote, This is an interactive discussion of the evolution of a naturopathic code of ethics, guidelines that will allow us to sustain a practice with integrity, compassion, and confidentiality. Indeed, Traub will demonstrate real cases of ethical violations and examine the core etiologies of ethical violations from which insight and change can occur, such instances as professional sexual misconduct, breach of confidentiality, false, fraudulent, deceptive, or misleading advertising, and instances of being false fraudulent, deceptive, or misleading regarding one's professional status, failure to disclose, falsification, misleading or deceptive communication, and failure to acknowledge, unquote. So that was, roughly speaking, a process of evolution, a naturopathic ethical code, ethical violations, what's core, insight and change, professional misconduct, breaches, falsehoods, fraudulence, deceptions, and misleadings concerning how you present yourself as a naturopath to the public, failure to disclose, falsification, being deceptive and misleading in communication, professional status, and failure to acknowledge. 
This list doesn't sound like what naturopaths don't and shouldn't do. It sounds like naturopathy in operation. And I say that with about 20 years of naturopathy watching experience. For instance, now, when Andy Sheikman and Yale tell us that naturopathy is based on the science ejected in ideas and activities, when they mention the science ejected basis of naturopathy, vitalism and homeopathy to begin with, but don't disclose that such is fundamentally science ejected or unsupported, aren't we not part of an evolution and change of knowledge, not getting an ethical account, not given what's core overall by way of insight, getting the short end of professional misconduct, being fed falsehoods, fraudulence, deceptions, and misleadings, aren't we recipients of failure to disclose and failure to acknowledge as members of the public? reading these public web pages. This is happening now, fundamentally speaking, currently, in 2016, post-ratification of the AANP code that I'll soon detail. And with knowledge of what's within the code, we'll see just how much is usually violated, and therein I term the code as non-mandatory, optional lax, a ruse posed, a veneer, not actual. Just like the science status of naturopathy's innards, we find that naturopaths truly are ethically unfettered. The lecture proper. Andy Traub, a 1981 NCNM ND graduate, is introduced by ND Carrie Rundy, a 2011 Bastyr ND graduate, according to bastyr.edu. ND Rundy's 2013 bio tells us, quote, Dr. Rundy currently serves on the board of directors of the American Association of Naturopathic Physicians and is the vice president of the Maryland Association of Naturopathic Physicians, unquote. She states, quote, Welcome to the last morning of the convention. My name is Carrie Rundy, and I'm one of your AANP board members, and I am excited to introduce Dr. Michael Traub this morning, who graduated from NC. CNM in 1981. He co-founded the Homeopathic Academy of Naturopathic Physicians, HANP, and received his diplomate from the HANP in 1989. That's his DHANP diplomate in homeopathic unicorn tears woo. He's a fellow of the American Board of Naturopathic Oncology, ABNO, and serves on their board of medical examiners. Naturopathic oncology, the two scariest words in healthcare for me. He has also served as AANP president from 2001 until 2003, and in 2006 received the AANP's Physician of the Year Award. He has taught dermatology in most of the accredited naturopathy medical schools in North America, unquote. And she mentions N.D. Traub's 1985 textbook, quote, Essentials of Dermatologic Diagnosis and Natural Therapeutics, unquote, and his 2008 follow-up textbook, quote, Essentials of Dermatologic Diagnosis and Integrative Therapeutics, unquote. Isn't it interesting how, in those titles, we see the evolution of the marketing term natural into the rebranding integrative? 
and she mentions his four decades Hawaii practice and the fact that he's been chairman for four terms of the Hawaii Board of Naturopathic Examiners, the Hawaii ND regulatory body. Not going to find any problems with bogus practices there in Hawaii by the NDs, like homeopathy. And she says, quote, please help welcome Dr. Traub this morning, unquote. A quick look at HANP. Now, HANP, the Naturopathy Homeopathy Specialty Association, is quite interesting, and so is ABNO, the Naturopathy Oncology Specialty Association. In terms of being ethically lacking, regarding HANP, when arriving at their homepage, it would be ethical, based upon best current knowledge, to have a disclaimer that homeopathy is bullshit. But no such thing happens. Instead, we're told, quote, Our mission is to promote excellence in the practice of homeopathy among naturopathic physicians. Quite a contradiction in terms. Excellence of homeopathy. We establish and uphold specialist standards, provide education and mentorship, and are committed to protect and preserve homeopathy as a core therapeutic modality within the naturopathic profession, unquote. So, excellence in perpetual naturopathic homeopathic bullshit as core. And they do plan to be perpetual. HANP's president, Andy Amarine, writes in, quote, A bright 2016 for the HANP, unquote, in a 2016 HANP blog post that is coincidentally robots blocked. Quote, 2016 is about reestablishing the foundation of homeopathy within naturopathic medicine, unquote. Prediction, you ain't gonna see homeopathy leave naturopathy, ever, no matter how much such is on the wrong side of history. In quote HANP, unquote, we're told by HANP, quote, The Homeopathic Academy of Naturopathic Physicians is a specialty organization within the naturopathic medical profession. We are affiliated with the American Association of Naturopathic Physicians, and we're told this is vitalistic medicine, unquote. So, HANP is not thinking ethically in terms of what's objectively known, and then deciding what's good and bad. Instead, they're thinking sectarian, as in narrow-minded, as in doctrine, as in avoiding objective knowledge, such as that vitalism is bunk, and so is homeopathy. No sanctions from AANP there, because we are right on Main Street in naturopathy land, the core of Main Street in naturopathy land. A quick look at FABNO. At FABNO.org, we're told in, quote, about naturopathic oncology, unquote, quote, naturopathic doctors and physicians are trained in accredited naturopathic medical schools in modern scientific nature cure. They are trained in both modern science and natural medicine. They emerge from their training well-versed in the use of botanical medicine, homeopathy, diet, fasting, nutritional supplementation, orthomolecular medicine, psychoimmunology, and other complex complementary and alternative medical techniques. They serve as capable guides for patients interested in exploring alternative medicine. ANC-ANP is a recognized affiliate of the American Association of Naturopathic Physicians, the National Professional Association of Naturopathic Physicians in the United States. Qualifying doctors whose applications are accepted must pass strict
stringent examinations in order to be awarded the status of fellow by the American Board of Naturopathic Oncology. Examinations demonstrate competence in both naturopathic and conventional oncology. These naturopathic physicians meet the highest standard of the profession as specialists in naturopathic oncology. Naturopathic oncologists can guide patients through this confusing marketplace. They understand the science, unquote. That is currently science subset naturopathy. Subset homeopathy and other bullshit as, quote, highest standard, unquote, and, quote, stringent, unquote, in the, quote, marketplace, unquote. Do you really want somebody to help you with your cancer who considers homeopathy science? Think about that. And N.D. Traub is listed on that board's board, known as, quote, the American Board of Naturopathic Oncology Board of Medical Examiners, A-B-N-O-B-O-M-E-X, unquote. It is truly ethically sickening to exploit cancer patients the way naturopathy institutionally does. Obviously, they're not thinking ethically, too. Naturopathy's narrow self-interests are paramount. And no sanctions from AANP there, either. Oncology is a growth area for naturopathy land. For both organizations, pseudoscience and therein self-interest is business as usual. And these areas are major parts of our ND ethics presenters' credentials. In the words of the ND School's consortia, AANMC, ND Traub's curated bio at archive.org from 2013 states... Quote, he practices naturopathic oncology, dermatology, and homeopathy, and was the chairman of the Naturopathic Board of Examiners for the state of Hawaii, and he has been on the Board of Medical Examiners for at least 16 years, which he calls a long tenure, and on the American Board of Naturopathic Oncology, and also he was the American Association of Naturopathic Physicians Physician of the Year for 2006, and he is a past president of the AANP, and a past president of the Homeopathic Academy of Naturopathic Physicians and a past president of the North American Board of Naturopathic Examiners and was the secretary treasurer of the Federation of Naturopathic Medical Licensing Boards and was a board member of the Naturopathic Physicians Licensing Examination, unquote. And other such luminous things if luminosity is dimness, because that NPLEX claims homeopathy is a, quote, core clinical science, unquote. Again, oh, the reversal of values. A quick look at N.D. Traub's practice and HSNP. N.D. Traub has had his practice listed and described at his Hawaii State Association, HSNP, the Hawaii Society of Naturopathic Physicians, since at least 2002, according to archive.org. N.D. Rundy said, quote, Dr. Traub has been medical director of his clinic on the Big Island of Hawaii for the past 25 years, unquote. Hmm, medical director, without medical credentials, in my humble opinion. Naturopathic credentials, certainly. HSNP at HawaiiND.org has been curated since 2002. We're told in HSNP's 2002 curated, quote, Michael Traub, N.D., D-H-A-N-P, C-C-H, unquote, 
quote, Lokahee Health Center at lokaheehealth.com is Andy Traub's practice with his areas of focus full-time general practice, including pediatrics and women's health care, allergy testing, board-certified in homeopathy, chelation therapy, colon therapy, detoxification programs, cancer, and HIV therapies. I listen to my patients. I provide a safe place for them to tell their story and ask their questions. I consider the whole person and look at the causes of illness at all levels, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, social, and environmental. I view healthcare as a partnership and a shared responsibility, unquote. Hmm. Homeopathy, chelation, colonics, detoxification, a claim that naturopaths somehow have special spiritual or metaphysical insight and interventional skills therein, and that the spiritual level, whatever that means, can directly cause one illness, as opposed to the mundane, psychological, tangible explanation, the parsimonious explanation, which they can somehow remedy, round up the usual bogosity and inflations of skill. Such active and responsive supernatural is a claim of imminence, which means we're being told here that the supernatural can be influenced and is influencing, aka a belief system. And of course, I'm all for freedom of belief, but prove to me, naturopaths, that you actually can measure in a reliable way this supernatural to know it's broken, and then show me how you can remeasure such later after your intervention to know it's fixed. Show me how you know what you know. Show me that you know something there, empirically speaking. Because I don't think you know what you say you know, reliably, the supernatural. Sure, naturopathy has words, 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 but I think naturopathy's claims of knowledge concerning supernatural spiritism is bullshit. All such can be handled through psychology with mundane explanation. Because when we use science for mind, emotions, and behavior, we employ psychology and psychiatry in medicine, not religion. But we are supposed to genuflect to naturopath's authority concerning what's religious some kind of special ability, while religion peeled off from medicine quite some time ago, with medicine now quite mundane and not merely pulled out of one's ass imaginatively. The religious has separated from medicine except in naturopathy land. I must admit that for years I've been fascinated by what HSNP's language describing naturopathy reveals in terms of what they specifically have written way off there in the middle of the ocean, in their own private Hawaii, aloha, from curated years 2012 to 2016, HSNP tells us in, quote, about naturopathic medicine, unquote, and my last review of this was in March of 2016, Quote, how does naturopathic medicine differ from conventional medicine? The profession of naturopathic medicine is unique because of its philosophy. We differ from conventional medical doctors in that our practice is guided by the following principles. Number one, use the healing power of nature. The body has the ability to maintain and restore health. Healing occurs as a result of the revival of our vital force, a.k.a. chi prana spirit, unquote. There you go. The vitalism supernaturalism at the heart of naturopathy. The place of intervention is the supernatural, which actually is religion fused with medicine, as I've often observed about naturopathy, a medieval paradigm of superstition. That white lab overcoat veneer and beneath 
the black vestment base. I'll term this equation, and you'll have to forgive how horrible this term sounds, quote, syncretic animatism, unquote. Sorry to visit that upon you, but I find it useful as the analogizing of an impersonal power over which people believe they have some measure of control. As in, Hawaii NDs can reliably measure, fix, and reassess your chi, prana, vital force, spirit. Perhaps this is the spiritual that N.D. Traub mentions. In that sense, Hawaii N.D.s are not just doing medicine. They're self-defined kahunas, taking care of the physical natural and the metaphysical supernatural, a sort of Swiss army knife of all things. Yet, I don't recall any special training at Naturopathy Land University that would allow N.D.s to be so competently ministerial. In fact, instead, naturopathy denies its ability belief system and claims it is scientific. But how do you get to spirit without belief? How can you be science without evidence and parsimony? I don't believe naturopaths know what they say they know. I believe naturopaths just pull it out of their asses as they need to because in naturopathy land, science equals fairy tales, the world is magically enchanted, even physiology is spiritually enchanted, and therein anything goes. And there's MichaelTraubND.com, archived since 2008, which has quite a detailed CV up with the root homeop on there at least 15 times. It also explains that the CCH credential he carries is, quote, certified in classical homeopathy, unquote. So he's double homeopathy qualified. One item he had authored that's listed is, quote, Homeopathic Prophylaxis, Journal of Naturopathic Medicine, 1993, unquote. That's homeopathic vaccination, basically as if unicorn tears confer protection. I actually have that Journal of Naturopathic Medicine in paper. Yes, I have some seriously deep naturopathy crap in my possession, which I've collected over the decades. I've just pulled that 1993 Volume 5, Number 1 issue down off the shelf behind me. It says within, quote, Official Publication, American Association of Naturopathic Physicians, unquote. The issue is titled, quote, Vaccines and Other Determinants of Immunity, unquote. It's interesting that in the issue, you'll not find WWW, the era we're talking about in terms of communication technology, 1993, is actually pre-internet. There are five lead articles listed on the cover, and three of them have the word vaccine in them, and within there are piles of advertisements for supplements and homeopathics in the journal, as well as for naturopathy schools. I'll include a scan of Bastier telling us naturopathy is categorically, quote, natural health sciences, unquote, and includes homeopathy. Andy Traub admits in the article, quote, For a number of years, I made extensive use of homeopathic prophylaxis, unquote. Oh, really? What did your unicorn tears prevent? Also, there are at least six instances of, quote, vital force, unquote, in the article. We're told, quote, If a patient's vital force is weak and or the patient is highly susceptible, then a nosode prescribed prophylactically may leave a lasting miasmatic effect on the individual's vital force. Not only can the latter leave a disease-related miasmatic effect, but the vital force may also be affected by the chemicals used in the vaccine. There is much merit to 
the idea that the true homeopathic method of prophylaxis lies in the prescription of the constitutional remedy to raise the vital force, people whose vital force should have, etc., a high vital force alone may, etc., unquote. Because, according to naturopathy perpetually, vital force is running the show. Andy Traub also makes an interesting epistemic distinction in this article. Quote, the anecdotal evidence is that homeoprophylaxis appears effective. It is not scientific proof and should not be presented as such, unquote. So how is it that so much in naturopathy land is categorized as science while lacking, quote, scientific proof, unquote? Yet here, N.D. Traub tells us, non-proof is not enough to be scientific. Hypocrisies and contradictions abound within naturopathy. There's an interesting year 2000 archive.org curated statement by Andy Traub on the AANP site, by the way, naturopathic.org, titled, quote, Response to Article in Archive Ophthalmology Journal, unquote, in which he defends bogus iridology as an, quote, objective measurement of progress, yet he also terms it an esoteric diagnostic method, unquote. Contradiction alert! It cannot be both. What's objective is not what is esoteric. Oh, the joys. His administrative title stated then was, quote, Michael Traub, N.D., D-H-A-N-P, A-A-N-P, Vice President, Chair of Scientific Affairs, unquote. Back to the presentation. Here are some N.D. Traub quotes that I think are quite useful from this quite painful presentation. We're told by N.D. Traub, quote, This presentation was done at the request of the Convention Committee Chairman, N.D. Jacob Shore. This is a talk on ethics. Why does the naturopathic profession need this? As the years have gone on, I've come to understand the importance of a code of ethics for our profession. To regulate this profession, when our law in Hawaii was modernized, the legislature imposed the requirement that we also have a code of ethics. It was not something we did in Hawaii because we wanted to. We actually had to. It was mandated by the legislature, unquote. Ah, naturopathy. Ethically reluctant. Hawaii naturopathy's ethics were created due to outside pressure, as in externally imposed. And it would seem that once a licensed state, such as Hawaii, had such, the national organization, the AANP, either needed to adopt such or found it easy to adopt such, since Hawaii Indies had done much of the legwork. As I compare the documents, they are structurally almost identical. Modernized, or modernization, by the way, generally for naturopathy means expanded scope. And D. Traub says with modernization, quote, We gained prescriptive authority and authority to do parenteral therapy and minor surgery, unquote. But modernize or modernization doesn't mean stringent scientific vetting, as in modern medical knowledge, in method and theory. Truly modernized professional naturopathy would get rid of all the naturopathy bogosity in naturopathy and leave us with stuff already present in the healthcare arena as provided by other more ethical practitioners. In my view, true modernization of naturopathy obliterates naturopathy. And they can't have that in terms of their self-interest. So I find it quite ironic that N.D. Traub states in the early parts of the presentation, Quote, people are primarily concerned about their self. We live in a selfish world. We live in a culture of greed, unquote. That's admission that even for NDs, you have to mandate 
altruism. In order for NDs to think outside of typical selfishness, rules need to happen, a structure of ethical guidelines. N.D. Traub goes on, quote, The evolution of the Code of Ethics of the AANP was that, in 1990, the AANP House of Delegates passed a document that has been our code up until last year, which is about 2011, when it went through a process of revision. The problem with the 1990 Code of Ethics was that it didn't have a clear set of ethical behaviors like most professions, unquote. So, from 1990 and then for about 21 years, naturopathy had a fake Code of Ethics. Why aren't I surprised? Specifically, Traub explains, quote, that old code's reiteration of the principles of naturopathic medicine were not really ethical precepts, unquote. In other words, it was only stating naturopathy's principles without dealing with behavior. Here now, I'll take the opportunity to briefly talk about NCNM and those naturopathy principles. NCNM is Traub's alma mater and the trunk of the naturopathy tree in the U.S., Naturopathy's principles are false and wrong, which is quite an ironic situation since those principles posed as ethical precepts for so long. I don't make this stuff up. On the National College of Natural Medicine page, quote, naturopathic principles of healing, unquote, the naturopathy trunk tells us, quote, the practice of naturopathic medicine emerges from six principles of healing. These principles are based on the objective observation of the nature of health and disease and are examined continually in light of scientific analysis. These principles stand as the distinguishing marks of the profession, unquote. So that's the doing of naturopathy as practice comes from the method of knowledge doing known as science. And the claim is that this is what makes naturopathy unique or distinguished. But that's not right in the sense that modern medicine is scientifically vetted and therein naturopathy is not unique as, quote, science, unquote, if science at all. You might think then from this claim of science that the principles and CNM lists would be able to survive rigorous scientific scrutiny. That's what they claim. That's what they want you to think. The first principle listed is, quote, the healing power of nature, vis medicatrix naturae, unquote. NCNM defines HPN there as, quote, the body has the inherent ability to establish, maintain, and restore health. The healing process is ordered and intelligent. Nature heals through the response of the life force. The process of healing includes the generation of symptoms, which are, in fact, expressions of the life force attempting to heal itself. Therapeutic actions should be complementary to and synergistic with this healing process, the physician's actions can support or antagonize the actions of vis medicatrix naturae, unquote. But a life force is science ejected in fact. Yet naturopaths say it is the basis of physiology and particularly healing and disease and that this figmentation can be manipulated and of course able to survive, quote, scientific analysis, unquote. Why while the K-12 next-generation science standards pick vitalism as an epitome of the science discarded. So much dumb acid falsehood in just several sentences. Fully accredited dumb acidness. 
We're also told, quote, causes may occur on many levels, including physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. Health and disease are conditions of the whole organism involving a complex interaction of physical, spiritual, mental, emotional, genetic, environmental, and social factors. The physician must treat the whole person by taking all of these into account, unquote. That's mandated supernaturalism and vitalism as the essentially nature but science doesn't support the supernatural, while here, obviously, NCNM is claiming science subset supernaturalism and vitalism, which is the irrational claim of science subset the science exterior and the science discarded. NCNM is a fully accredited Oregon college full of sectarian pseudoscience from the get-go. You may be surprised to find out that that naturopathic principle article of faith, vitalism, made its way into the state of Hawaii lawmaking process, actually explicitly into the Endi Hawaii law, just as it made its way into the .gov pages of the state of Oregon. Now, don't feel badly for these sectarianisms, because they no longer have a monopoly on the Endi code of ethics. NDs still take an oath to them in order to graduate ND school. That's one big reason why I stopped ND school. I eventually would have had to take that oath and become a dumbassed sectarian falsely posing such non-science, irrationality, insanity, and badness as science, rational, sane, and good. As I said earlier in this episode, in the second half of this episode's part one, naturopathy education has the goal of creating quote, amoral character, unquote. That reversal of values from the get-go was not for me. And I've often thought about this. With this institutional permission to be so bizarro reversed from the get-go, for example, science is anything, figmentations are fact, nonsense is exemplary, no wonder anything goes in naturopathy land, it's sick, and it's sickening. Andy Traub goes on in his presentation, quote, Hawaii's Regulated Industries Complaints Office, a.k.a. RICO, not the RICO of racketeering, by the way, required standards of practice or guidelines that set forth the conduct that would be allowed, requiring citation for conduct or practice contrary to the recognized standards of ethics of the naturopathic profession. They said as part of proving a violation, RICO would have to compare conduct against some generally accepted standard of practice or ethical standard, which is now in the Hawaii ND law, unquote. I'll provide examples of naturopaths in Hawaii, particularly in violation of the Hawaii ND Code of Ethics, at the end of this episode part, because that's fun. We're told, quote, ethical precepts are actually our protectors. They protect us, they protect other people, and they protect our profession. That we should let them be our ally, not our master, unquote. Hmm, are we going to follow the rules or not? That's my question. We're told, quote, with a code of ethics, we can dedicate ourselves to precepts because we can see ourselves in every person. These precepts can bring us a sense of deep responsibility. We confront ethical dilemmas in everyday life, unquote. So are nature paths bound to these strictures? First, he says they're not our master. Then he says we are dedicating ourselves to them. Muddle, muddle, muddle. But I'll remind here, it is possible to write rules that allow bullshit 
and call them inaccurately ethical, too. Naturopathy has its licensed falsehood and accredited pseudoscience shields. Here we add and create the trifecta. What I'll call perverse ethicality on top of that, quote, licensed falsehood, unquote, and, quote, accredited pseudoscience, unquote, terms I've created as labels upon naturopathy. And then we get some real weirdness. We're told, quote, at the same time, ethical precepts can have a shadow. Like any guideline, if they are taken too rigidly, they can breed self-righteousness, humorlessness, and even vengeance justified as helpful criticism. They can be used as a weapon against others, unquote. Are they rules or aren't they? That's my question. If you don't take them too rigidly, they're not rules. And if you don't declare people are in violation of them, as in the sense of a weapon against others, then what are they there for in the first place? This sounds like a movie pitch. A kind of horror movie. In a world where values are reversed, naturopaths say science and non-science are the same thing. Naturopaths say good has bad aspects. You present yourself to your naturopathic oncologist. Dot, dot, dot. And then my irony meter done bursted. Andy Traub states, quote, It's often true that people hide behind ethical precepts and practice in secret the opposite of what they preach, unquote. Oh, yeah. Andy Traub also states, quote, The Hawaii Board of Naturopathic Medicine had to come up with a code of ethics. We were tasked with coming up with a code of ethics. We needed to organize and consolidate a concise code of ethics. We looked at the original AANP code. We reviewed codes from other professions. And he also mentions Hawaii's uniform Practice Act that applies to all licensed or regulated professions in Hawaii, unquote. It's fascinating that he doesn't directly mention two big medical codes of ethics that already existed around this time, the ABIM code and the longer-standing AMA code. Then, Andy Traub tells us, quote, I'm referring here to the sections in the Hawaii Code. I thought that what we had come up with in Hawaii would provide a good model for the AANP House of Delegates. The AANP House of Delegates on Tuesday night accepted a new code of ethics. These sections refer to the Hawaii Code, but they're very similar to what the AANP adopted, unquote. So let's go to the AANP Code of Ethics directly. This is the end of the first half of part one of the Natural Crit Podcast, episode 12, part three. The Natural Crit Podcast. talking about talking about talking about talking about